Welcome back to Mortgageonomics Canada. I'm your host, Marco Gello. I'm a duly licensed mortgage broker in British Columbia and Alberta. Born and raised in Calgary, currently living in North Vancouver. If you're from either of these provinces and require any mortgage-related services, please do not hesitate to contact me. Call or text me right now at 604-800-9593. One application, one credit check, and access to Canada's top lenders. Um, that was pretty cool. That's just like a, an effect that I have in GarageBand. And um, yeah, I like doing stuff like that once in a while. Hope you enjoyed that. That was my real voice with uh, with effects on it. The deep voice effect. Love that. Might do a whole episode one day like that. Anyhow, welcome back, everyone. Um, today's headliner topic, I'm going to talk about uh, the first home buyer kit for new Canadians. But before we get to that, here's what's on my mind this week. Okay, let's uh, start start off with the 2021 election. This past week, um, some people are calling it the most expensive cabinet shuffle, the $610 million cabinet shuffle. So yeah, if you uh, you know live under a rock, uh, you've come to conclude it was quite uneventful to say the least. Um, and congrats if you're a liberal. I'm not. I'll, I'll, or let me rephrase that. I'm not a Trudeau guy. I, I am a liberal guy. All I'll say on the on this matter is is what I've been echoing to myself for the past several years. Um, our electoral system, or electoral system, however it's precisely pronounced, in my opinion, sucks. And and you will understand completely, especially if you live in Western Canada. Okay, so biases aside here, partisan politics aside, and all that that hokey pokey stuff i'm not bitter because my party lost that's not it at all seriously like that's not it it's this there i was on the night of the election you know just finished some dinner cracked open a beer fat tug ipa if you're wondering that's my go-to beer for big events and special occasions so yeah finished dinner cracked open a beer and uh, so all day I've been looking forward to watching some exciting suspense-filled election coverage. But before I can take my first sip of uh, my IPA beer, the news anchor person unofficially declares victory. And uh, in this case, of course, as you're aware, the, for the Liberals. And this is, this is what sucks about our electoral system. Not that the Liberals won, or Trudeau. The fact that the winner can be determined just minutes after the voting polls in Vancouver closed. Like, this literally confirms or validates that my vote doesn't count for jack squat. Doesn't count S-H-I-T. Like, literally. And it wasn't even counted yet, FFS. But victory was unofficially being declared. I felt like that little kid who just got a participation ribbon, you know? Think about that. Now, I'm not a separatist, but can you blame people for thinking about that? Like, they they should at least withhold releasing the account until later in the evening to at least make the Westerners feel like they even matter. You know what I mean? 
Or how about this? Maybe open the polls in Vancouver the evening before and progressively close it out eastward the evening after. So have like two solid nights of coverage, election coverage. So yeah, I don't, I don't think it's really fair and it really gets people just pissed off. And all it does is it continues the, the divisive vibe in Canada. Like add to the list of stuff, right? The East versus West thing. The vaxxers, the non-vaxxers. Like it's just just another one of those now so again congrats to the liberals uh but i think we got to tinker with our electoral system need some work so now that we know who won let's talk about what the liberals have proposed or promised during their campaigning there um, when it comes to housing in the red hot real estate market in various regions across the country from what i gathered there are um a few main items that I'll be keeping an eye on. So here's the first one. They propose to crack down on speculation. This is, quote, crack down on speculation and house flipping with an anti-flipping tax on residential properties requiring properties to be held for at least 12 months. So I don't know. This might sound good to some people, but I don't like this. I think it opens the door to one day implementing taxation on your principal residence home down the road. Um, you know, it's a precedent and all bad things start with a little precedent. And this is a, a precedent that we should be concerned with. So we'll see how this evolves. And if it does have any legs, um, I hope it's uh, I hope that there's a huge and vocal resistance against it. Um, the other thing, ban new foreign ownership of Canadian houses for the next two years to ensure Canadians have more access to purchasing homes. We will also expand the upcoming tax on vacant housing owned by the non-resident, non-Canadians to include foreign-owned vacant land within large urban areas. Okay, whatever. Uh, that's don't really see that as being very high impactful as far as affordability goes. Uh, the next point, the Liberals have promised to address one of the controversial parts of the real estate selling cycle known as blind bidding. And uh, if you don't know what that is, blind bidding is when you place an offer on a property without knowing what the other bidders offered. And uh, yeah, I see it almost on every file here in Vancouver where the bids are sealed and submitted by a fixed time. So sellers are obvious, uh, are the obvious group to be in total favor of this ban, unless you are a buyer with an unlimited budget. Um, this process is especially brutal for buyers with pre-qualified mortgage approval limits. We'll see how this plays out as one of the main groups opposed to it would likely be the real estate industry and the sellers that they represent. So we'll uh, see how that folds, unfolds. And lastly, this one is pretty huge um, and was promoted as a housing affordability strategy, but it will likely be anything but that if it ends up happening. Um, currently, if you purchase a property of $1 million, uh, $1 million or greater, you are required to have a down payment of at least 20%. But if the Liberals actually move ahead with what they proposed, that limit could increase to $1.25 million. So instead of requiring a $200,000 minimum down payment for a $1 million property, it would be $75,000 which is calculated as per the current minimum down payment guideline for houses under 1 million. So that's 5% of the first 500,000 and 10% of the remaining balance. 
So yeah, absolutely. This will be a godsend to many prospective buyers, uh, mainly in Vancouver and Toronto. But you don't have to be a rocket science to uh, uh, rocket scientist to understand that this will simply cause the already tight one million dollar property inventory to suddenly jump to one point two five million, like overnight. So we'll see how this unfolds and uh, and and what happens. Uh, so. Quite a couple of potential things that that could evolve in the next uh, couple of months. Evergrande, um, there's there's been a pretty substantial sell-off in the markets, um, the financial markets, caused by the worries of a big company in China called Evergrande. And if you're not aware, Evergrande is China's largest commercial real estate developer. So everyone is kind of freaking out and thinking that history will repeat itself like 13 years ago when、uh, Lehman Brothers failed during the financial crisis. China legalized private home ownership in 1998, and boom, the sector has the, the the real estate sector has skyrocketed since. And Evergrande, China's largest real estate firm, is carrying 382 billion dollars worth of debt. And a big chunk of the debt has come due this week, and、uh, another is coming due next week. So, the central bank in China is jumping in into this big foray here, and they they have themselves injected 23 billion dollars into the Chinese banking system in an effort to、um, to help Evergrande's potentially help Evergrande's creditors avoid a worst case scenario of Evergrande not being able to pay them. Um, Evergrande is China's biggest issuer of high-risk bonds, which means the potential for broad or global collateral damage is pretty high. Investors all around North,、uh, North America, including Vancouver and Toronto, are keeping an eye on this. So, you, you think real estate speculation is an issue in Canada? Like, get this: in China, there are enough empty homes to house 90 million people. That's right, 90 million people. And and this is what's given rise to the term "ghost city." Some of you may have heard that. So the risk to Canada, basically, we are at the mercy of the Chinese government and the effectiveness of their economic intervention.、Um, at the moment, they appear to have it contained,、um, but only time will tell. And and I gotta admit, though, it, it's kind of eerie when you think about the other viral event that happened not long ago that also originated in China. So, a lot of people keeping an eye on this. So it's kind of a cautionary heads up to how an out of control real estate market can inflict widespread financial damage. But at the same time, the comparison between Canada's market and China's is、uh, is massive, especially in terms of how they are managed, and also the concentration of ownership from、uh, individuals to corporations. But nonetheless, it's a real-life financial event that we can watch unfold, and and we can potentially learn from. But when it comes down to how the Chinese government manages their way out of this, that's where the similarities stop.、Um, this is where the edge goes to dictatorships.、Uh, basically, they, they can stop the bleeding and remedy the event through whatever means they deem effective. Whereas in a free Western society, that that just doesn't happen. Oh my God! Did I just、uh, give a shout out to dictatorships? Wow.、Um, one last thing here.、Um, for those of you、uh, interested in interest rates, 
there's rumor that uh, they could be going up next week. So today's Friday the 24th and uh, the bond markets have been hopping and there's been a, a sudden spike for the past couple of days. So uh, if that persists or holds, uh, you can expect uh, an increase in uh, interest rates. So my clients have already heard from me and um, uh, I'll be reaching out to several more over the weekend. But uh, give me a call back if you're you're in a predicament or, or if you have a renewal coming or you're one or two years away from your renewal maturity, uh, give me a call because um, currently we are at still, we are at historical lows. Uh, you can get a 1.79% for a five-year fixed. And we can also offer a variable um, as low as 0.99%. There, I said it. Um, let's move on. Let's begin and discuss this week's headliner, the first time home buyer kit for new Canadians, temporary or permanent residents. Wondering whether to proceed with a fixed or a variable mortgage? Why not pick both? There's a mortgage just for that. In fact, there's a mortgage that allows you the flexibility to configure it any way you desire. I call them hybrid mortgages. So let's say you have a $500,000 mortgage. If you wanted to, you could configure it so that $200,000 is allocated in a five-year fixed rate, $100,000 as a five-year variable, and the remaining $200,000 as a home equity line of credit. And better yet, every year you receive a detailed statement from the lender that outlines the cumulative interest charges for each configured mortgage. If you want to learn more, shoot me a text or give me a ring at 604-800-9593, 604-800-9593, or look me up at homefinancingsolutions.ca. One application, one credit check, and access to Canada's top lenders. And now, back to the episode. Okay, so this isn't necessarily the 100-step procedure on how to get a mortgage if you are new to Canada, but these are a summary of the most common pain points. Um, so other stuff like income qualification I've left out because the criteria for income is pretty much standard and, and, and kind of common sense. Um, so here are the key qualification criteria to be aware of if you are new to Canada and want to purchase a property. Uh, number one, make sure your funds or your cash are, are ready to be cashed. Um, and this is critical in two main ways. Number one, the in, to ensure that the deposit to place a competitive offer is ready for swift movement um, during the offer stage. Uh, number two, it is equally important, but often a bit more problematic, um, is that the funds are fully verified by the lender, um, which leads to my next point. Prepare to submit excessive verification documents for your down payment proceeds. Uh, you will need to provide a 90-day history and or full verification of the source of your funds. And here are the key verification requests that Canadian banks require. Number one, any deposit over $10,000, either individually or cumulatively, in a Canadian bank account within the most recent 90 days will require an explanation and verification of its origin. Um, this is a standard request of all lenders. Um, simply, it's an anti-money laundering policy in Canada. Number two, wired money from abroad. If the wire transfer was made within your 90-day history period, you will be required to provide a complete paper trail of the money transfer from its origin to Canada. Number three, sale of property from abroad that you're using for down payment proceeds. If the proceeds from the sale of your property 
um, were deposited within your 90-day history period, you will be required to provide full documentation of the sale and disbursement of the proceeds of the sale. And so this could include the legal documents from the solicitor who handled the sale and uh, the corresponding bank statements that display the deposit of the sales proceeds into your bank account. Um, lenders may even request an explanation and or perhaps even a full verification of the proceeds from your sale um, that they've been deposited prior to your 90-day history period um, of the down payment proceeds. And finally, my last point, provide absolute clarity regarding your residence status, um, work permit, permanent resident, um, as it determines the following. Number one, the amount required for your mortgage down payment. So yeah, the down payment requirement for work permit is different than it is for permanent resident. Be clear with that. Number two, possible property tax consequences. Mainly I'm speaking of foreign buyer tax. The foreign buyer tax varies from 15% to 20% depending on which city you intend to reside in. Um, it also depends on your, your residency status. Not all Canadian cities have implemented the foreign buyer tax. At this time, it is only applicable in select regions in Ontario and BC. All right, that's all I got for today. Call or text me anytime if you have any mortgage questions at all, especially if you are in British Columbia or Alberta, as I am licensed to service these specific provinces, and especially if you are from Vancouver or Calgary, as I am very familiar with these markets. Call or text me at 604-800-9593, or you can visit my website at homefinancingsolutions.ca. Thank you again for tuning into Mortgageonomics Canada. Stay well, everyone. Talk again soon.